What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The Captain's Run with Sam Edmund. Awesome to have your company on a Friday morning. I've had a good working week and it's gone swimmingly and you're all set up for a fun weekend. Gee, the weather's going to be good over the weekend here in Melbourne town. 18 and 19 and sunny. Take that any time they, Mother Nature cares to dish it up. Uh, great to have a chat to Scotty Lucas earlier. We'll get back to that priority pick debate in a minute and that wrestle between integrity and helping a club in desperate need of it. Gareth Hall's going to join us shortly. We'll talk some racing. Bryce McGain, all things Ashes. Tim Horan, Bledisloe Cup, and the Wallabies legend will be with us as well. That's all thanks to McCafe, our official coffee partner. But next, we've got to get to the Matildas. They surrendered uh, to Nigeria last night, 3-2. Nearly 50,000 there in Brisbane and now got themselves in a, in a bit of a sticky situation where they almost certainly have to beat Canada next Monday here in Melbourne to get out of the group. So a tournament that promised so, so much now is right on the cliff. And a former Matilda watched it all unfold last night. Alicia Carnavas was in commentary. Alicia, welcome to you. Morning, guys. How are you going? Oh, how are you going? How did we get ourselves into this mess? Look, I've been saying it for quite a long time, and during the the cross last night with our call, my phone was just blowing up, and people <laughs> like Simon Hill saying, "You did call this." I said, "I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse at the moment, but not the best result for the Matildas." I, Nigeria for me were always going to be the team that were going to present this challenge that perhaps we weren't quite used to as well. And we saw it last night. They they're very good at at absorbing pressure Mm. and it's not often pretty it's not beautiful football it's not free-flowing football i call it disruptive football and um because the matildas are a team that just like to get into their groove and the flow of the game i think nigeria stifled that for a large part of the match and um just frustrated them and when they got their opportunities the big difference is nigeria took them we didn't so tactically do you think we were caught out degree, yes. I think when we looked at the first half, um, you know, Nigeria would literally sit their entire team uh, defense in, in defense, essentially. They'd leave one up top and uh, nine other players would just sit and almost absorb this intense pressure from the Matildas. Um, I think tactically we got frustrated in certain parts of the park and I think we were a little bit wasteful in front of goal. Um, I don't think that 26 goals or 26 shots rather mm. on on goal uh, should equal two goals for us. That's a bit wasteful, I think, for, for anyone looking at those stats. So there was frustration on the pitch. There was frustration in the stands. Was there, you know, some frustration in the commentary box as well, Alicia? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, definitely. Definitely frustration. I think um, hanging on to the, to the mic for a fair bit towards <laughs> the end. <laughs> But look, it's 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 football. We now have to go out and get a result. Was I frustrated in the commentary box? Yes. Would I? Do we all want the Matildas through to the knockout round? Absolutely. In fact, mm. we expect it. That's that's always been um, the talk in and around this tournament, leading into this tournament um, from outside, but also from inside the Matildas camp. The expectation is semi-finals. Um, that puts an enormous amount of pressure on them now because uh, I believe when you talk the talk, we all expect you to walk the walk, but I do expect them to beat Canada. I know this is, not everyone's on that wavelength just yet, but 
I think Melbourne is up for something pretty special on Monday night. Um, Canada are the Olympic champs. We haven't beaten them yet, but if there's the time to do it, Monday night's the time. Alicia, what are, what are the uh, what are the whispers around Sam Kerr and her eligibility? Are, are we kidding ourselves to think she might be ready for this game? Uh, yeah. Look, I, I've said pretty early on uh, to a few people that it for calf tears or calf strains, even if we want to yeah. be a bit conservative with it, that's a two to four week situation at best. Um, we haven't seen her on the training paddock actually running yet. There's been a lot of walking. There's a lot of work in the gym, but um, we're talking about a striker who needs to be dynamic and agile and, and have full movement just about to be able to perform. So um, I, I think they're going to be pushing it to have her back on on Monday. I think that's a real tough one. Um, and even if we're looking at, I guess, two to four weeks, it may rule her out of the tournament. We, we just don't know. It's, it's cards very close to the chest. But mm. I did say the tears in the opening match on the sideline just sort of felt to me that that was a player that felt that they might not get this, this chance in a home World Cup. You know, um, it's when I saw her in tears during the anthem, I thought, oh, I, I just, I hope they're not tears of of um, not being able to play. That that was my only concern. Yeah, yeah. So she strains or tears, or we don't know, and that's part of the issue, her calf at training. And you think, well, that that's bad luck. That can certainly happen. But then in the lead-up to Nigeria, we have two concussions in two separate incidents. So I'm sure it's rarely this simple, but what's going on at training, Alicia, do you think? And, and do they need to make some adjustments given we've lost three players and the body count's building up just by virtue of the practice sessions? Yeah, adjustments for sure. And it's a, it's a really tough one because the most important part at this sort of stage where we need to get goals now, that's the, the part of our team that's quite depleted is the attack. Um, and so you, we saw it last night. I, don't, I can't speak to what's actually happening at training, but we saw it last night, just the lack of depth off the bench now in the attack uh, because we, we essentially could only bring on midfielders and a, and a defender. So um, it's, it's worrying in that sense. We need the top three, which is now Vine, Rasso and Ford, to stay fit and healthy. Um, if I was in that position in amongst the Matildas coaching ranks, I'd be keeping those players uh, in cotton wool <laughs> through till Monday, giving mm. them the bare minimum uh, because they have played a match now. It's a four-day turnaround. Keep them fresh, but I'd be keeping them uh, in cotton wool out of anything contact yeah. or two. Contactful. And I don't want to ask you a question without notice, and I, I don't expect you to have all the details here, but with Mary Fowler and the concussion, like, would she be eligible by Monday? It'd be touch and go, wouldn't it? Yes, yeah, touch and go. I believe it's um, somewhere between five to seven days, depending on the severity of the con- concussion as well. Um, and even that, we don't know how severe this concussion was. Obviously, we saw her and Ivy on the bench last night, and they looked in good spirit, so that's a good sign. Mm. But... Um, even that, I dare say, might be. Um, let's let's wait and see. I don't want to say she won't be there, but it's going to be a very fine margin. I was speaking to former Matilda and a member of our SEN call team, of course, Alicia Carnavas, uh, after the Matildas lost 3-2 to Nigeria last night up in Brisbane. And Alicia, when you get a shock result or a disappointing loss like that, it can lead to the blame game and a bit of an ugly aftermath. And there were certainly a few people queuing up last night to have a crack at the manager, Tony Gustafsson, over, I guess, um, the alleged, uh, well, the, the, the delay in the substitutions and also the manner of the substitutions uh, as well. Do you subscribe to any of that criticism? Yeah, look, it's, it's one of those things when you're observing the game and you're calling the game, It's um, you do 
see it and you do ask questions. And I think that's quite natural and normal because we want the result, right? And I think sometimes in, in football and in sport, criticism or, or objection can be viewed as, as problematic. I strongly disagree with that. I think it's something that we need because it means people care, particularly about football. And I think it's an important part of the game. So I, I, I have seen quite a fair bit this morning and late last night from the public. They were questioning the late substitutions and mm. the type of substitutions as well, particularly bringing on, say, Claire Polkinghorne, a defender. Um, we, we don't know how uh, Claire Hunt was feeling. She was the sub. Maybe she was just exhausted at that point and that had to be done. But um, look, I did think the likes of Alex Chidiak being injected into the game was a little bit late uh, for what she brings. She's probably one of the few players left on that bench with the flair and the attack that could have changed that game last night. And she only came on, I think, in the 84th minute. So that is arguably um, a mm. sore point this morning for a lot of fans. They would have liked to have seen that injection perhaps around the 70th minute to give her more time to be effective. But coach's call, right? Makes it difficult. So you touched on this earlier, I guess, the the challenge that awaits the girls now on Monday against Canada. And a, and a Canada side that obviously um, will want to win the game, but of course the draw will be enough. So what sort of cagey um, atmosphere and environment do you think awaits the Matildas on Monday? And I guess that need to obviously win the game, but to be patient at the same time. Yeah, and look, the natural, I guess, style of the Matildas play is this beautiful attacking um, style of football. And I think... One thing uh, that they do need to be is a little more patient in and around goal. There seemed to be last night an urgency to sort of get in front of goal, get around the 18-yard box and and shoot. Um, I think if they applied the pressure a little bit longer, they could have broken Nigeria down um, in that offensive third. And I think they will need to hold the ball longer and keep applying the pressure against Canada, who have some remarkable defenders uh, in their stocks as well. Buchanan, she's a, she's a legend. She plays for Chelsea with Sam Kerr. Uh, so she's she's a very, very good, experienced defender and they will need to be patient against Canada. Um, Canada have, I think they've beat us the last two two outings, so they, they know what we're about as well. They'll be very, very familiar with our style of play as well. And patience is key and confidence, right? You need to be able to build yourself back up to see the result and that's that's half the battle, I think, between now and Monday. So, Alicia, some expectations have been unfair. I guess that's what happens when you're a home nation at a big tournament like the World Cup, but no one thought we wouldn't get out of the group. So do you dare imagine what it looks like if we bomb out? Uh, that makes me a little bit nervous <laughs> because so much has, has um, hinged mm. on us being out of this group. And like you said, the expectation was that we would be out like without a problem. And people were already talking about if we play England in the next round or Denmark, that conversation was already being had because uh, of the way the groups fall. Um, I, I don't like to think too much about what that feels like for the country and, and for the code if we do not get out of the group. Um, it's just not something that's been on the table for discussion quite literally until last night. Yeah. Tails were wagging and confidence was high until last night. So... Um, it's going to be a delicate next four days and um, I'd be surprised if we don't see changes for Monday as well. Well, as big a test mentally as physically you would think going into it too, pick themselves up, you know, going confident rather than scared of the consequence. I mean, it'll be an interesting psychological study sort of internally at the same time, I'd imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I think this is the time that they will step up and actually really challenge Canada. And, and of course, it's a must win because... 
as I understand it, if Nigeria beat Ireland mm. in Brisbane on Monday, Nigeria are now a point ahead of Australia as well. So it can play out. If, if we draw, it's going to be down to goal difference and things like that. We need to be wary. A win is what we're after on Monday. Psychologically, I'd agree. That's the most important part after a loss. And when you've got a must-win, like a do-or-die is your next match, it's all about the psychological element. We know the girls can play, right? Like the, the physical ability is there. Um, now it's just about getting, getting the mind right, refocused, and, and can we get the results? Well, they, yeah, they need to rest and reset, and I reckon you do too, Alicia. I know you rode every kick tackle across last night, so I appreciate you dissecting it all with us the morning after. No, awesome, guys. Thanks for having me on, and, and fingers crossed for Monday night. Alicia Carnavas there, former young Matilda, of course, joining us, and uh, does a great job. She does behind the mic uh, here at SEM, where we've got you covered all things Women's World Cup. And, yeah, they've got to win the game. If they draw, well, it's going to take... It's going to take something extraordinary to advance, given I think the Republic of Ireland would have to beat Nigeria by a score of two goals so um, to make up that goal difference. Um, a stack of texts coming through here. I promise you I'm going to get to them, and the window to get to them is after this break. Melbourne's weather today, partly cloudy, top of 18, if you don't mind. It's for City Power, supplying power to homes in the CBD and inner suburbs.